Hi, the following episode discusses mental illness and suicidal thoughts. We want to let you know that some of the content is intense. If that's not something you want to hear right now, that's totally fine. Just skip this one. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a pretty 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 hard story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't always know that I was a very anxious person, but now that I reflect back on it, I can see times in my life where I should have realized. Going way back, even like to elementary school and middle school, and then definitely in high school, I just just terrified of bad things happening and it was a debilitating kind of thing and, and I was like so you think about it now and you're like oh that's so silly why is that debilitating you're just you're afraid of stuff and it's never going to come true well I believed it was going to come true mm-hmm. it totally was real to me Professor Wirtz is a professor here at Calvin he started here as an undergraduate earned his PhD in microbiology at Michigan State and then returned to Calvin to teach. He's been a professor now for 12 years and loves being in the classroom. He finds joy in helping students learn and overcome obstacles, both academic and personal. Last fall, Professor Wirtz was on a panel called Calvin Professors Talk About Mental Health, organized by Healthy Minds, a student org here on campus. He shared part of his journey with mental health then, and he did so again with us. I'm Olivia. And I'm Sarah. And this is The Nightly. So I went throughout high school, got a little bit of counseling, um, but not much, and then went um, here, and here it tended to get a little bit better for whatever reason, but I still didn't, I still had some medication that was helping me through, and it got, I think it got really, really bad in graduate school, so that's when I really remember it just coming on, like um, the anxiety was absolutely severe and I remember I was in bed in my apartment and um, I had to get up and go to class and it was the first time I just fell out of bed I could not get up the anxiety was just like why what what am I scared of why is why am I feeling this just deep anxiety this anxiety that is so deep and so fundamental that I can't I can't move and I'm crying and I'm sobbing. I'm like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And so that, that was yeah, like the first time that I think I really, really, really impacted like my job, my, my career because mm-hmm. I was in graduate school. So I did call my doctor and told him, what I was going through and he's like okay so we'll prescribe you this medication or whatever and so I did I went on the medication and it was kind of me still pretty 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 anxious to the point I mean it was like every day can I get up and then I'd go into work and I'd be shaking and I'm trying to pipette stuff and I'm shaking mm-hmm. so yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't enough and then he prescribed he prescribed some Xanax, um, that helped. Um, and then I, when I was in graduate school, um, got married and um, had a kid. 
and then then it got really bad really bad um because it wasn't I, I was anxious for myself but now it became like what if this what if that I have a, a baby now what if this happens what if that happens what if this happens to my wife what if this happens to me I was constantly going what if what if what if and then saying the worst thing what if this happens then your wife will die and then you will be left with a kid you won't know how to do anything the kid will get taken away from you and you know it's just over and over and over again going to the worst place possible and that took a toll. That took a big toll. Especially when I started working here. I was driving here for back and forth because we had a house in Lansing we couldn't sell. Mm. <laughs> I drove back and forth between Lansing and here and it's it's a quiet hour long ride to mm, do twice yeah. a day. And it's just what if, what if, what if? And I just got so depressed. And I knew I was had issues of depression before. I mean, having panic attacks and not being able to know how to help them, and it leads to depression. But now it was just like this is. There's too many what ifs. I can't take it anymore. There's nothing that's helping, medication wise. I'm not going to get into drugs. I'm just not going to go down that road. road. Um, but yet, I'm in my car on a daily basis, bawling my eyes out and feeling sick, like feeling sick to my stomach. Oh my gosh. I think that first year that I worked here, I lost like 50 pounds because I couldn't eat. I mean, I wanted to lose weight, but... <laughs> Not like that. Not like that. Yeah. Um, so I just, I remember it got to the point where I was driving back and forth here. And I had, it was my first year teaching. I had a lot of expectations. I didn't really know all that much about teaching. I taught a little bit at MSU, but not a lot. I have these students looking at me and judging me and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so just a high stress time and I remember uh, sitting in the basement at our house it was a finished basement and on the couch and just telling my wife I'm gonna kill myself I'm gonna kill myself I'm gonna kill myself obviously that alarmed her mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. she called my parents and they talked to talked to my parents and they're like no okay what's going on what's going on let's talk through it and so we did and I think we kind of left it just kind of left it got up the next day to come here and um, tried to run my car into the into a bridge over the bridge because I just couldn't take it pretty b- bad at attempting suicide I guess it didn't work <laughs> um, but that was a big wake-up call I think for um, my parents especially not for my wife but she just didn't know what to do for my parents um, so they actually came up to Lansing and took me back down to my hometown I remember going in and talking to the doctor and him just saying yep we're gonna put you in 
the hospital for a week and I was, I was irate because it was interim. I had stuff to do. I had teaching stuff to do. And what am I going to tell the chair of the department? Oh, I'm in a psych hospital now. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. because of, yeah. Right. So, but I didn't have any choice. I mean, I had to, I had to go in until the doctor said, yeah, we think you're okay to go out. So it ended up being like half of January. I was, I was out and got, um, I put on some new medication and that really didn't work, didn't work, Mm -hmm. didn't work. But what I had to do, anybody who's been inpatient hospital, before you leave, you have to have a plan, right? And they won't let you leave. You have to plan about what you're going to do. And so they had contacted some people up at Pine Rest up here so that I could go there and continue to kind of see somebody there. And counseling had never really done anything for me before. But at Pine Rest, I, and it took a while, it took a long time, but I finally started to connect. And my counselor was amazing. He's just an amazing person. And I think it took like three years, you know, like weekly meetings to kind of come to this place that was like, wait a minute, I'm getting what you're talking about. <laughs> like you're stuff that is running through my head, the what ifs, they're not really real. And you're going to the worst space possible. You're going to like, what if I have melanoma? Then I am going to die a miserable, miserable, painful, horrific death. And my kids are going to have to watch me. But my counselor was like, really, really, you know, think about that. Is that really what's going to happen? He had me read a, um, a devotional, and it was it was just talking about, you know what, you are looking so far ahead, and you see mountains. You see mountains that are in your way, and they're huge. But there's something that's going to happen. When you get there, the mountains might be gone. They don't exist. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then if they do exist... They might be way lower than what you just be hills. Cool. But if they do exist, then God is going to be right there with you, walking through it. And I was like, that's amazing. So what I started doing after that, and I don't know why, but it just came to my head. Um, every time that I'd say, what? What if, what if, um, I would say right after that, that will be done. That will be done, that will be done, that will be done, that will be done. And just kept repeating that. So instead of the what ifs, it became that will be done. And after a while, I could come up with a what if, I always come up with a what if, but Right after that, it's a, that will be done. It's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be okay. And so that, that's where I am. I mean, I still have what ifs. Um, Christmas break wasn't a great, <laughs> wasn't a great break. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have the that will be done. That's why I got a tattoo on my arm. Mm-hmm. And I got it, I got it on my arm so that I will be able to see it all the time. And anytime I get a what if, 
that will be done, that will be done, that will be done. So, yeah, it's still a, it's still a struggle. It always will be, but mm-hmm. I'm glad I connected with some good people that helped me through the, the really tough stuff. My faith has grown enormously since I've been at Calvin. It's, I think it's a combination of two things, three things. It's about being in a community of colleagues and students who, for the most part, share that faith and talk about it. And I feel comfortable. I'm like, you know what? I don't understand this. Hey, students, let's talk about it. Or hey, my colleague over here, let's talk about it. My church. So we switched churches not too long after I came. And the pastor at that church was just an amazing person. He would come in here uh, when he was on this side. So I live in Granville. He would come here. And he would just sit down and he would just chat and we'd pray. And it was, it was amazing. And getting a counselor that's also somebody who is, I felt comfortable talking about faith with. Because frankly, when I was down at my parents, I was in the hospital. I got out of the hospital. I still was with my parents for another week. I was like, God's dead. We're like, why? What is the point of this? Like, if there is something on this planet that makes somebody feel so bad about themselves that they're going to run their car into a bridge, why? It doesn't make any sense. So for, for a long time, yeah, it was, it was tough. But then I think that, that wrestling, wrestling with that, coming to the conclusion, however simplistic it might be, because I know some people have gone through some really bad stuff, but just being, just being comfortable saying that will be done. Mm. And so since then, I think my faith has just integrated really into, into everything and just spread into everything. And it's really how I think about everything, actually. There isn't really hardly anything that I can say, I don't think about this as a Christian, right? Um, and put God in there, put God in that space. So it's been really important. So it's really hard to see students who are also struggling or have walked away because it's been so so important to me. And so many times, right, I, I don't think I would have listened to somebody saying, oh, it's okay, everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You're going to be fine. It'll go away. Just trust in God. I wouldn't have listened to that person. Looking back at your own journey, is there something that you would say to like your younger self coming into Calvin that you think would be helpful for students who are beginning the same journey or a similar journey? Yeah, I would say talk. Don't struggle in silence. That was the worst for me. It was just, it was all in myself. And whenever I'd interact with anybody else, it was always, hey, everything's great. So I would say talk, find somebody, just talk. And even, you know, back then when it was definitely more of a stigma than it is now. So yeah, just just talk. It sounds like every person's journey is very like individualistic and in how they're going to learn things. 
and process things. So for students who don't necessarily struggle with this, what do you think is important for those students or members of the faculty to do for members of our community who do? Sure. I think um, having an understanding of what it is that that individual person is experiencing, Mm -hmm. whether that be panic attacks, um, a generalized anxiety, a specific anxiety, some depression or major depression. So, you know, understanding what that is and how it's different from worry, how it's different from feeling down, feeling sad. And then don't judge. I think a big fear for people who have mental illness is that other people will see them as using it to not work hard or to skip stuff. Like if you have a social anxiety, I'm not going to do all the social stuff, right? If you're having, you know, just panic attacks and you're missing lots of classes, somebody would say, well, this is why I'm in lots of classes. And then you feel that they're being judged, right? Like, well, if that's fine if you're really sick, like if you have mono or pneumonia or something, but why can't you just get over it, get up? Um, class is class, you gotta come. To what extent and how do you see your struggle with mental illness as a part of your identity as a person? A lot of the time, especially when things get get pretty bad, I'm really much in the category of why God did you make me this way? It's like, I know you had a purpose for my life and blah, but this is really, really hard and take this away. I don't want it anymore. I want to be like everybody else and not have to struggle with it. So I feel that there's that, when I, when things are pretty bad, there's a kind of inner dialogue with myself that's constantly going on and, and judging myself and saying, oh, you should be able to work through it now. You have the tools, you're old, you know, that kind of stuff. But then, you know, things, things will go up, they'll take an upswing. And I think that's when I become fairly, fairly grateful because I am able to share this with people and I've seen some good come out of that. Mm-hmm. I'm able to have students just come and talk to me or faculty come and talk to me, you know, think about getting, getting groups together even more so than the, and that's already being done and that I can have a space to share and that hopefully you know something something might click either now or five years down the road and a student will say wow yeah that makes sense I get what Wurtz was saying so being able to be in that space and it's not just here I mean it's at church it's at home I recognize a lot of stuff in me and my son and so we kind of use the same, same tactics and whatnot that the counselor um, used with me, I now use with him so that I'm hoping that he can train himself to, to not go down the really dark, 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 dark paths, mm-hmm. um, or at least recognize when he is and say, you know what, hey, I need to call that, or if that helps his life in some little way, then um, I guess I would just... I would just reiterate and tell people that is tell people that are struggling with this that it is so so important to not keep it in. It's mm-hmm. so important to go talk to a friend, a teacher, somebody um, about what it is that you're dealing with. Um, because even that act, I think, 
can lift a little bit. And so it's not just you struggling by yourself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you and this other person that you know you can feel comfortable um, talking to, I think helps a lot. So yeah, for the people that are out there, don't struggle in silence. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health, there are resources available here at Calvin. The Center for Counseling and Wellness can be a good place to start. We would like to thank Professor Wirtz for sharing his story with us and for being so willing to start conversations for Calvin students, staff, and faculty surrounding mental health. And thank you to you all for listening. This is The Nightly. We'll be back again soon.